Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. This is the Triple Play Fantasy basketball show. Proud member of Fantasy Points Media Group. I'm your host, Coach James Lewis. Man, and I am happy. I'm enthusiastic. I got my OG crew back here, and uh, tis the season to be thankful. Going to show some love, uh, throw some flowers, appreciate those who are in need. And uh, we got a, a big Thanksgiving special. We're going to give a lot of thanks and uh, probably sprinkle in some hate just because this is the OG crew and that's kind of how we roll. <laughs> so um, speaking of OG, I'm going to go to the oldest of G's, and that is Kevin at the boys underscore 22 Coleman. How you doing, even though your Cowboys are crippling? Hey, that was a shot. I mean, it's dang, dang I, I'm doing pretty well, you know, just hanging out, you know, had a good Thanksgiving, uh, getting over a little cold, but everything's doing pretty well, and, you know, just excited to talk a little basketball. I'm probably going to be the Debbie Downer of the group today, but that's okay. We all else need is, one of those. Wait, wait, what else is new? Yeah, I mean, it's nice to be with you, Doc, again. I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you too, Kev. And you heard the voice. Eric, the Doc, Mendelson. We don't know what he was doing at 10, 2 a.m. last night, but here he is. He made it. Bro, I was sleeping. I had a buddy that, since I haven't talked to high school, called me at two forty-five and said I need to talk to. I still don't know what he needs, so I don't know. You heard? You know it was a desperation, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was a guy too, so it wasn't even like it was a booty call. <laughs> you never know these days. Um, with that said, Brad Kilmore, Drummond, what's up, buddy? Can't complain, man. Ready to get it started. All right. And you heard him. And he's at Sir Bradley K on Twitter. Um, he does a lot of the behind the scenes, but he is one of our strongest personalities here on Triple Play Fantasy Basketball. And man, I've, I miss you guys. Quarter of the NBA season is nearing. And we are in a joyous, thankful mood over here. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, we're talking about stars, NBA stars, the star player that you need to show flowers to and deserves more love than everyone else. Uh, I'm going to let Doc lead off with a Brad piggyback because it's the same guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting off with Steph Curry. I mean, you know, we it's funny because we had Nick Whalen on the other day and we were saying that he's the MVP. We knew the Warriors were going to bounce back a little bit. Vegas had him pegged for 47 and a half wins was the over underline, but They've just been playing really well. They're 15 and two this year. And I mean, how many times can you say that you're thankful that you saw the best at someone? You know, there's the whole debate about, oh, is LeBron the GOAT? Is Jordan the GOAT? I don't think people are arguing that there's a better shooter than Stephen Curry. Especially and when just, he has got more threes than anyone else. Right? Yeah, just, he, he breaks his own records year after year. He can drop 50 any given game. So just to be thankful that we can see the best shooter of our lifetime or the history of the NBA, I think it's pretty incredible. So I'm very thankful for that. Brad, you want to speak a little bit about Steph Curry's brilliance on the basketball court? Yeah, man. I Like Doc said, you know, we were talking about this on, on a recent episode. And, you know, I think the Warriors have been the biggest surprise of the season. And, you know, I, I think that's in large part because Steph has been, you know, carrying the team. And, you know, they had Steph and Draymond last year and they finished – you know, with a 14th in the league in net rating, 5th in defensive rating, 19th in offensive rating. And this year they still have Steph and Draymond, but we've seen, you know, Jordan Poole step up, Kevon Looney mm. step up, Lee step up, 
Bielitsi, Otto Porter, you know, all of them have either taken steps or added an element to the team that they didn't have last year. And Steph has really been the the anchor and all that. And um, I think it's only going to improve when Clay gets back. So um, I, I think there's there's not a lot of people in the MVP race that you can say have had a better year or a more impactful year than Steph. And I, I think it's just because he's been so solid and so dependable all year. It's funny because I, I the, like two pods ago on the fantasy pod, I mentioned that Steph Curry had 35 games with at least nine three-pointers made i think he's already up to 40 and the next closest person is at eight and that's damian lillard that's just it's silly it really is silly um kev it feels like like his release is getting quicker too (laughs) you can't go under crazy to watch it really is and i know people you know they camp out hours before the game to watch his his shooting drills and because what he's what he's doing is unlike any other human i know brad you said maybe in 20 years somebody comes around i don't know if this will ever be repeated um it's amazing uh kev you got a star that you want to give some love to that maybe isn't getting too much love around the league yeah i mean kind of i like car anthony towns for this i know steph's killing it and you know shout out to jordan Poole. i know you guys mentioned him he's playing very well right now uh and and filling in very and when they get clay back jesus uh but car anthony towns (laughs) Uh, with, with what he's done, the thing about him, he, his numbers aren't like what he did a couple years ago, but he's playing within himself. The t- Timberwolves are playing better. He's 22, nine and three. But the thing I like is that his, his player efficiency rating is 18th in the league. That's the highest he's ever had. So he's playing better basketball in terms of just team basketball. You see it out there. I know there's some turmoil in that t- Timberwolves franchise, like always, but he seems to just, you know, he shows up to work. Uh, he's shooting 44% from three point land uh, this year. So we've seen kind of an improvement there. I think he's playing very well within himself. And I just wanted to give him a shout out, especially after what happened with his mom last year and everything that's kind of done. I mean, he stayed at that in that franchise and he said, Hey, we're gonna try to make this work. And so far it's working. I mean, it's tough, Western Conference, but you know, shout out to them playing pretty well. And that team in general is is playing five hundred basketball, which, you know, at the beginning of the season, not a lot of people pegged yeah. that. Yeah, they were terrible last year. And we gotta talk about Carl Anthony Towns' turnovers though. He's averaging three and a half per game. Like he's had some ugly games, seven turnovers, six turnovers, like He's getting a little careless with the ball. Kevin, I, I'm with you that he's he's a stud and especially everything that he's bounced back from, but those amount of turnovers for a big man are very alarming. What it's is also- up- He's also playing like really weak in the post. Like he'll he'll have a, a smaller matchup, and it, like you'll see him just fade away instead of like go at the rim. Like he's kind of annoying to watch recently. Do you see him when he gets double teamed? His little side passes, like yeah. <laughs> it's we- like they right, take forever to this get. This is supposed to be a thankful podcast. I don't <laughs> it's the OG, it's the it's the OGs <laughs> on. Did you think that there was going to be no debates on here? Come on, Wait, man. I'm just saying he's playing bad. He's, he's okay. You know what? It's playing. We're gonna follow. I'm he thankful for get... I'm thankful for Anthony Edwards on that team. How about yeah? How about we follow Steph Curry up with uh, Carl Anthony Towns? Anthony well, Edwards needs to get more now. love here. I agree, I agree with Brad. Uh, you know, I quit. I quit. I don't even know why I agreed to come on the show with you guys. <laughs> hey, he's playing well. His he player is playing well. Is, is one of the best in the NBA right now. And he's got that team at 99, which a lot of people thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the West. So I'm giving him a shout out because it's, it's my damn pick. Yep. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Ant, the funniest man in the league, averaging 22, seven rebounds, which is crazy, three assists. My guy. Uh, dang it. I almost caught myself. Might be the best player in the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo 
is going for greatest power forward of all time. Yeah, he's got a long way to go, but at age 26, you got two league MVPs. You got a defensive player of the year. You win finals MVP. You drop a 50 spot on a closeout game. Uh, he's only getting better. He's getting better at dishing it out. You see a slight uptick in his three-pointers made every single year, and now he's playing with a Bobby Portis. They go, Lopez goes down, and they, they couldn't share the court last year, and now it's just – it's a beautiful combination. He's the number one player in fantasy basketball. I'm proud to have him on my team. So I got to give flowers to Giannis, who's, I mean, if he's not, you can make the argument that he's the best player in today's game. He just dominates on both floor, uh, on both sides of the floor. He just seems to get a little bit smarter, a little bit better uh, each and every year, even though his statistics are are very similar to where they were last year. He averages 27 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. So uh, in his game against Anthony Davis was spectacular. 18 of 23 from the field, 47 on his head. I've never seen Anthony Davis look like he's got dominated, but he got dominated by Giannis. Did you uh, did you see the story that our boy Matt Sullivan was breaking about him? From no, the finals but I'm last going year? to be locked in on it. You got any intel? So, any so um, he said that um, there's a possibility that um, he caught COVID last year during the finals because if you remember, his brother caught it as well. Yeah, and the NBA just let him play. Holy! If this juicy. is true, it's if this is juicy. true, man, shout out Matt Sullivan because he's there's no way to, there's no way to find that out though or verify it. Like, Br- Brad is stirring the pot. I, it's not me. It's Matt Sullivan. I'm just saying. It's very uh, interesting. All right. Hey, Brad, so who's your break, breakout player? Somebody we weren't expecting to be cooking like this, but it's just take the, the league by storm. All right. I'm going to go with Ty- Tyrese Maxey for this one. Um, so the Sixers, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, they had Embiid out with COVID for longer than expected. Tobias Harris was out for a while. Um, there, there was just, they had a need of, of scores and they had a need of somebody who could, you know, provide a baseline of, of consistency for them. And Tyrese Maxey has been that guy, you know, he's averaging 35 and a half minutes on the year. That's absurd from the jump. Like I, I thought he would be a dude off the bench to get buckets. He's doing 35 and a half minutes. He's averaging 19 points, four rebounds and five assists. Um, his last five games, he's had 19, 24, 28 and 22. Um, he's able to get those assists when necessary. He's got nine, four, five, and four. He's able to get a few rebounds. He pretty much just does whatever they need from him. And um, he's he's somebody that I, I've always thought he was talented. I just didn't know he'd take that step this quickly, and I didn't know he'd have to take that step this quickly. And he's he's done both, and uh, he's just really impressed me. And shooting 50% from the field on that usage is just – insane and it makes you rethink the ben simmons trade options because you're thinking of you need a guard and a closer and he's providing some of that maybe you got to go at a, a different angle here uh but yeah it's like it, he's been remarkable he's helped the philly sustain success in their top four team in the, in the eastern conference uh much in part to him stepping up and, and holding it down so i definitely think He's a candidate for most improved player, and he's definitely a breakout player that we can all appreciate, especially only in his second year. He only was in yeah. college one year. So shout out um, well, maybe. one Kentucky guy to another. And, Kevin, we'll let you take the lead on this breakout performance. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about him. Maxie's a great pick, too, though. I will say, like, some I saw something funny on Twitter. They said, man, Maxie's already improved more than Simmons ever has in his whole career. And yeah. That, that was pretty it's funny. true. It's actually a true statement. It's just – the fl- He started – Simmons started way yeah, higher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my guy's Tyler Hero. And you know what? I, you got to give him a shout-out right now. He's 21-5-3. and three. Uh, he's got that heat team. They're playing pretty well. And I like Tyler. And um, I, I, I think especially after last year, what we saw, um, he didn't have a great year. We know that and, and kind of where you look. But he's been super efficient. He dropped 31 against Detroit recently. Washington, you know, all those games he's played, pretty efficient. Shooting 45% from the field, getting getting up there. And his three-point percentage is at 40% too. So when you like, when you look at him and what he's been able to do, he's a big part of that Heat team. If the Heat want to win a championship, they got to have Tyler Hero. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, and this was my uh, this was my guy too, Tyler Hero. There aren't many white basketball players that are American that are good at <laughs> basketball, and for him to kind of drop off a little bit after dropping thirty seven at Boston in Eastern Conference Finals, taking his team to the taking to this final, he averaged you know fifteen last year. His he has increased his scoring to twenty one. That's that's six points a game, and he's closing games out in the fourth. They're giving it to him. Win or lose, they're putting the ball in his hands. Jimmy's trusting him. Bam's trusting him. So, Coach, uh, Tyler Hero's my guy. Yeah, we gotta we gotta change the intro to this show from you saying LeBron's better than MJ to Tyler Hero is the great white hope. It's, oh my gosh, I it's, love that. It's Chet Holmgren, but still, it, you know he, <laughs> he's he's helping a little bit. All right, so Tyler Hero love and Miami Heat love. I'm, I'll talk about them a little bit uh, in a second to. Doc, who is the number one member of the Jared Allen wagon, whatever you want to call it, he's called it. He told him to pay him a hundred million. He got a hundred million. He's breaking out. So, Doc, you've actually been, um, you've played a little Brad Stradamus role in in predicting uh, Jared Allen's breakout. But you got to be thankful that he's actually producing at a high level. Yeah, I mean, I'll maybe put number two. There's a guy that dedicated his uh, Twitter to Jared Allen. He's an honest Jared Allen stand. So I'll, I'll maybe <laughs> say that he's number one, but. Averaging career high in points at 15.3, 11.2 rebounds, which are a career high. He's shooting 68.5% from the floor. That's crazy. What? He's having a lot of 9 of 10, 7 of 8 games. I will say I'm a little disappointed in his free throw percentage. It's a career low at 62.3, and he's not averaging a block a game. So even though he's having a career high in minutes, I'd like to see that increase a little bit more. But you know, there was talk about how is he going to fit with Evan Mobley, with Laurie Markkinen. Um, unfortunately, both of those have, have been injured right now. And Jared Allen had his own illness, but he's looked really good this year. And the fact that he's only 20 mil a year is such good value. In a, a Wink, Brad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on the way out for uh, breakout players, uh, the guy that both me and Doc are stands of, and that is Cole Anthony, who just went down with a little uh, – sprained ankle but at this point in the season 20 points a game seven rebounds six assists he's one of only three players in nba doing that three 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 pointers a game and one steal and they had questions on his three-pointing shooting ability but he he's put that orlando magic team on his back and i thought Jalen suggs was the best player in that team but no it's clear cut that cole anthony is running that team and um man the swagger of a of a a prime Michael. Jordan. He's also not afraid to ratio people on Twitter, so we got to give him a shout out for that. He's got Kahuna's. He's got Kahuna's. So I love what do you it. think? Uh, what do you think happens with Fultz? 
He's career backup at this point. He got he got a paycheck. He got a three-year, 50-mil extension coming off a torn ACL. I felt like the Magic, as a rebuilding team, are the only ones that take a flyer on him. I can't imagine him having a starting role elsewhere. I think he's he's got to go shoot for this six-man position. I don't he, think that he, they should shake what up Derek that, Rose, that starting What lineup. Derek Rose is now as a resurgence. Like, be, be a scorer off the bench. And he's a smart basketball player. He doesn't just need the basketball in his hands to contribute. He can rebound a little bit. Um, he's just so young, man. He's still young. So early. And with it, with Jalen Suggs starting this entire year, I don't. I mean, I know he's still a rookie, but he's finding his ground. He's playing a little bit better each and every game. And you got him and Franz both being rookies starting starting this whole season. I think with with him and Cole, you just you, you ease Fultz in. As a backup, plus he's coming back from a twenty. So you don't want to just put him and throw him into the fire. I, I think. Yeah. Bench for me. Hey, shout out to Orlando though. When Jonathan Isaac comes back and they kind of have that young crew there, it's a, yeah, that's exciting for them. I mean, Orlando's had you know shitty teams, even yeah. with Dwight. They, uh, but or Jonathan Isaac. Hey, shout out to Obama. They said that he's had some setbacks too. And when and Jonathan Isaac has so potential, he yeah, had you know defensive player of the year potential when he was. I, Outside Rolling. Gary Harris, who's on the last year of his uh, contract, Jonathan Isaac and Marce- Markel Fultz are the highest-paid player for the Magic, and they're not even playing. I'm telling, like, or between Orlando and Houston, they've done a great job putting like talent on their rosters after a rebuild. I'm I'm really impressed with both of those front offices. Man, you will not let this Houston Rockets thing go. <laughs> I'm. So- Listen, man, I'm telling you, you know, what? I'm not even going to hold up the pod. Continue, continue. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. From uh, from bad teams to good teams. Uh, what overall team are we most thankful to visually watch? Doc, I'm going to let you lead it off. So for me, it's got to be the Chicago Bulls. I mean, they're coming into the year. They they might have the best one through five. Like you look at a healthy Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Vucevic, Patrick Williams, I know, is out for the season, but they look real, and, and especially DeRozan. I think a lot of people wrote him off, kind of thinking it's like, oh, he's just a mid range scorer, but he's really facilitated this year. He's played really good defense. They're 13 and seven, which is two in the East. They're six and three at home, seven and four on the road. So they get it done on both sides, averaging 103.8 uh, allowed per game, which is in the top tier. They're just exciting to watch, and especially if you bet on their over 42-and-a-half wins like I did, you're feeling pretty good about that right now. That was the main point, and I had to save it for the end. Yeah, Doc loves How many bets you have out right now, Doc? Too many. Too many. But I'm, I'm, I'm winning a lot of them, so that's, no, that's where, you know, if you're profitable, you can't complain. And uh, you should have went over on the Wizards, Brad. I should have. What's your take on the uh, overall team that you're most thankful for? It, you said it. It's it's the Wizards. You know that's my hometown squad. Um, it's the team I grew up watching, and it's a team I still. You know they're my primary team I root for today. And it's it's interesting because when they traded Russ, I, I kind of thought that that was the beginning of a teardown. You know, you trade a Hall of Famer for essentially pieces that the team you're trading for didn't even want. They weren't even using Kuzma. They weren't using Trez. Um, the Brooklyn wasn't really using Spencer, you know, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Brad Beal, but they're winning right now. We're talking about a team that's fourth in the East right now. So, um, they've been fun to watch. It's been beautiful to watch their offense under Wes Unseld. Everybody's moving without the ball. It's not just handed to Brad and, and watch him go. 
So I, I'm really thankful that this team is actually competitive because I didn't think they were going to be. So it's got to be the Wizards for me. Yeah, and I think that we all smile as far as me and Doc as well, being Wizards fans. It's been enjoyable watching this team, a lot more enjoyable than last year. Seems like every game is going down to the wire. And to have a new nucleus and new nucleus group finishing out games in the clutch is amazing. It's also nice to see um, the Capital One Center going crazy, especially no fans last year. Uh, They're packing out, and we've seen that in the past with the Wizards. When they win, they get good fans. When they're not winning, it's a ghost town. No one's there, so... Um, the Wizards are, you know, 13 and seven and, you know, they're they're going to hit that over number and they're playing really good basketball. and It's very enjoyable to watch. Um, <clears throat> Kev, I want you to talk about your team, which, hey, on a low, this might be the best team in the NBA. Yeah, you know, Phoenix Suns, 16 and three, you know, 15 straight win recently, I think. Uh, the reason why I picked them is just because I didn't know what to expect from them this year. You know, last year they had a great season. You know, could they bounce back? Have you seen it? I know the Aiton contract was a big deal, and, and they were pretty upset about that. So, you know, what happens there? But I think the reality of it is, you know, Devin Booker is that dude, right? I mean, he's averaging 23 points right now. Uh, he's phenomenal, uh, and he's kind of leading that team, and he's showing him what they have. Chris Paul, he gives me hope as someone who's old uh, because he is straight balling <laughs> right now. Ten assists, two steals. Uh, and, you know, even like JaVale McGee's in there. He's blocking shots. He's doing those yeah. things. I love Mikael Bridges. You know, I, you know, Aiden's playing very good. Like, and, and you look at what he's doing, you know, he's a second leading scorer on that team now. He's kind of elevating himself and, you know, 11 rebounds a game. So you like to see that from him. I like their pieces that they have in there. They're playing very well. And what's crazy is that, that yeah, they're 16 and three, but they're also second in the Pacific because the Golden State is 17 and two. So like that, that's going to be a fun battle down the stretch because we know Chris Paul hates every warrior and they hate each other. So that's going to be a fun little kind of battle as we see going down there. But, you know, shout out to Booker. You know, they probably – I really wish they would have won the title last year because I like Paul and I like that area. But they're back in it. They're right in the mix of things. And I, they're better than the Lakers. They're better than these teams that, you know, we have it. They're the mainstay. Yeah, we're crazy. They're making a mistake. Kev, do you think they're making a mistake not paying Aiton? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I think they got to pay them. I, I think they will at some point. You, you have to hope that they do. But maybe they see their windows being really short, right? Like maybe Chris Paul, they, they can they looking at it like, hey, do we want to really invest that money into Aiton when we maybe should go get another superstar around Booker? I, I think you got to pay them. But I, don't, I do think that Aiton's playing great. But in the playoffs, does Aiton matter as much as another guy that maybe they can get uh-huh. in what I think is crazy about this 15-game win streak, like the whole thing, the investigation with Robert Sarver, the owner, is going on. Like we've seen how this can derail teams like the Clippers in the past with the whole Donald Sterling thing. And the Suns have kind of just brushed it aside and are playing the best basketball probably besides that playoff stretch that they have in the last decade. And Chris Paul has dealt with this before. He was on that Clipper team with Donald Sterling. And we hadn't mentioned him as part of this whole the Suns thing, but – I mean, you got to give a shout out to a guy that's third all time in assists and is at 37, you know, play, play, playing some of his most efficient basketball of his career. We saw the type of play he had in the playoffs up until the finals. Uh, it was just spectacular. It was clearly the leader of that team. And this isn't a fluke, as Kevin mentioned, like we were seeing maybe last year because of injuries and benefits. Uh, that is it a fluke, but they come back and and they're they're they play great on both ends. Um, and yes, the DeAndre Aid thing will be in the, in the air, but at least they you know they're going to go through this entire year and you know figure that out um, another time. 
My team that I'm thankful of is the Miami Heat, who just were in the NBA Finals two years ago. Uh, you add a Kyle Lowry. Uh, you have a resurgence from a Tyler Hero. Um, you add a P.J. Tucker who fits the culture of this team. So uh, I'm kind of tying in a team and, and a coach as well as Spolstra has 618 wins, which is 26 all time. Uh, he's been to five Eastern Conference Finals, or he's won five Eastern Conference Finals and won two NBA championships. So Spolster is one of our best coaches. That's kind of a preview of, the, uh, you know, thankful of this coach. Um, he is a chemistry king, uh, and they have uh, the makeup to come out of the Eastern Conference. They are tough. And then each and every night, you check the box scores, you know, four guys in the starting lineup all have five-plus assists. They're moving the basketball very well. Um, and then they're not backing down to anybody. And they they can switch every position, um, and then you bring in the sniper Tyler off the bench. You know who knows what happens with Oladipo down the line. Like this is a damn good eight deep team that is built for the playoffs. So I've been I've loved watching the Miami Heat. They're thirteen and seven. That's third in the Eastern Conference right now, but they are a very dangerous team in the Eastern Conference. They just lost to the Timberwolves. <laughs> the T Wolves aren't the T Wolves of last year. The I'm T-Wolves... just saying. I'm just. I'm just. You know, you were shitting on my pick earlier, so I'm just. I'm just letting you know okay. that my pick beat beat your team of destiny. That's funny though. The, the Heat can lose to anybody. They can beat anybody, but they can't lose to anybody. So, yeah, we got that rematch Monday of them versus Denver. Oh yes. So, um, talking about some old guys, maybe some young guys, rookies. Mm, the rookie class is so special. Um, but we want to give some extra flowers to certain rookies in particular. Um, Kev, I'm going to let you lead off with a guy that, hey, maybe he should have went number one overall. Yeah, Evan Mobley, right? We talked about him on the Coach's you know, Corner podcast, and we broke down highlights and film. And I said I really like this kid, and, and he's doing well, 14 and 8 and 2. Uh, he has a super high per. You look at what he's been able to do. He's fit in really well out there i know right now he's out but i didn't want to i just wanted to make sure i gave him a shout out you know through 15 games yep. he's probably one of the, he was probably rookie of the year as long as he can come back and he's healthy and he's there he's gonna he's gonna compete for that spot um and i think that the Cavs did an excellent job building around their guys now like garland mobley these guys there they've done pretty good in free agency if they can get everybody healthy you're looking at a pretty pretty solid um solid team there and Moby's a big part of that he does a lot of little things rebounding blocks tips those type of things um and they're competing in the central I mean they're nine and ten right now I know they've, they've got a losing streak here and part, part of that is because Mobley hasn't been in oh yeah uh, so you know shout out to Mobley for what he's been able to do on that roster and I mean realistically yeah he's one of the top three this class is going to be solid we, we talked about that before like this class has superstars in in it like no matter where you look there's gonna be guys who are like man I can't believe he went that low and how good he is so yeah, and Mobley could be the best one, and that, that's what's funny and scary about it. Yeah, he affects winning. Um, he plays well on both ends. Uh, he's shooting a high percentage. He's blocking everything, getting steals. And him and Darius Garland have a, a, a synergy, and those are two corner pieces of their franchise going forward. They'll, I, We all know that they'll move on from Colin Sexton, um, and some of these other pieces are interchangeable. But when you have a guard that's as dynamic as as Darius is, uh, as far as playmaking and shooting is concerned, and then you have a big man that affects both ends like Evan Mobley, um, you're in good hands. And, and hey, Jared Allen's still there on his hundred million for five years. So shout out um Evan Mobley, who is you know the leading candidate for rookie year, even though with his injury right now. Um number shout two out, shout out to Doc, by the way, because I, I was somebody who didn't really understand how Jared Allen and Evan Mobley were going to work. I thought it was going to be them like clogging up the lane, but they're both fluid 
and they kind of stretch the floor a little bit. They're not, you know, they'll play out on the wing a little bit. They'll Evan Mobley's more of a rim runner. It's just his shooting it's, it's ability is working. more impressive too than um, he got credit for. He's got yeah. a, a pretty smooth yeah. stroke. You don't want to leave him wide open. And I think his playmaking, his ability to have the basketball and play, kind of play a guard big man, makes it work. Um, but yeah, Doc definitely saw that um, he did off see break. That. I would, you know, when I saw the roster and they had six centers, I was quite, I was, you know, scratching my head like, how, how just, can you, how you can play all of them? It goes to show, like, if you're if you're picking guys with high basketball IQ, like just take the best player and and you'll figure it out. I, I think if you're absolutely, I think if you're a piece away from a championship, you go where the strongest position where you need. But a Cavs team that's like rebuilding or they don't have championship aspirations, like that's why I was always a believer. And you take the best player available and you kind of let the lineups figure it out themselves. And yeah. especially now that they don't have a Jim Beeline anymore, uh, I think that was an awful head coaching decision. You, know, you kind of have a little bit younger team and you kind of just let the pieces flow and see who works and who doesn't that was an awful hire um definitely absolutely all right um doc since you got the mic i want you to roll with our next guy yeah so i'm i'm loving scotty barnes this year Uh, i know that there was a lot of kind of head scratching at four a lot of people were you know kind of making the patrick williams comparison of an overdrafted florida state player that's just raw i know that a lot of people are expecting jalen suggs to uh, and you look at his stats, he's averaging 15 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, a steal, and about half a block. But if you watch the Raptors games, I actually think he went to the perfect team because they didn't have Pascal Siakam in the first, like, 8-10 games, and they were winning. And part of the reason is Nick Nurse's coaching style. Like, I, I, I don't think of a team that hustles more than the Raptors, that, you know, does things like takes charges, that goes after loose balls, that... You know, if a ball is coming after out of bounds, they try to throw it off the nearest defender. Things that don't appear in the box score, but coaches notice or people that are fans of the game or watch the team notice. So I feel like he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I know he probably yeah. heard the rumblings of people saying he was overdrafted. And I mean, he has certainly looked the part. I think everybody thought it was going to be Cade or Jalen who wins rookie of the year. And we realized that this is a deeper class than we anticipated. Absolutely. Just, I, hold on. Did you just bust out? They take charges. You call me old and talk about <laughs> basketball, and you're like, "Oh, they take charges." They do all the things you don't see in the box score. Is that what you just busted out? Yeah, yeah. They take. I, what coach doesn't love when a when the, somebody takes a charge? Like, so many people are like, "Oh, it's a business decision. I'm getting out the way." No, hey. I mean that's fair. I just think it's funny it comes from you and not me. <laughs> I mean, Kevin, would you play a guy more if you're like, "All right, he's going to take a charge"? I play guys that score. Doc, that's that's my job. I, 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 they got to they got to be able to score first. I like the the plucky guy that takes a charge, sure. But he so what? If, what, if, what if a guy does? He defends what? What? What if this guy's a Ben Simmons? Okay, <laughs> he can't shoot the ball, but he can handle the ball. He can pass. Oh, he can yeah. rebound. He takes charges, plays defense. Yeah. You're not gonna play him? No, of course I'll play him. But I mean, Ben Simmons and that type of player is fine. Yeah, but if all you can do is take a charge. You're asking just give me water. Like there's no yeah, like. Hey, if, you out there. if your specialty is taking charges, I don't know how you're playing basketball in the first place. <laughs> Man, I broke my nose taking a charge as JV uh, sophomore year <laughs> under the terrible. under the basket. Yeah, that sucked. Um, Scotty Barnes, though, since we're sharing thanks and we're being thankful, his enthusiasm, his passion, uh, his vigor, his intensity. All of those things are things that you look in in basketball players, and then you go from guarding James Harden to KD in the same sequence and, and, and locking it up. 
you get in a rebound, you take two dribbles and you're dunking it. Like th- there is something to be thankful about Scotty Barnes and what he's bringing to the game of basketball and Toronto, who, you know, not necessarily everybody was really wanting to keep their eyes and watch those games on the league pass, but he's made them very watchable and exciting awesome. and can play with anybody. He's also averaging 35.2 minutes per game, which is the most for a rookie. So he's getting the highest mm. usage out of anyone, which I love. Mm. And uh, to the wild card, Brad, I want you to lead the way on this. Uh, I don't even know what you probably have a good adjective to call um, this kid from the Australia, from the land down under. Hmm. A good adjective to call him. Um, <laughs> I'd say versatile, maybe. Um, so, I'm picking Josh Giddy as you as you alluded to. Um, one of the things that I loved about him was that he was the youngest pick in the draft, and that he's played pro ball. And on top of that, they already have Shea, and he's a more natural shooting guard or three than a than he was a point guard. So by drafting Josh Giddy and allowing him to develop in this role, it's really freed up Shea to have better shots. It's freed him up to have better matchups defensively. It's really just freed up the entire offense. So he's a guy that has played, or he is averaging 30 minutes a game this season, uh, 11 points, six assists, and seven boards, and he's still 19 years old. So we're talking about a guy that, you know, as he develops two years from now, maybe three years from now, he's a Russell Westbrook type where he's going to average a triple-double. Like, he's that kind of usage rate. He's just got a great feel for the game. He knows when to pass. He knows the right pass to make. His shooting's coming along. Um, he's averaging one three a game, but that's going to go up over time. Um, he's averaging a steal a game, a half a block. Like He just really does it all. So he's he's somebody that I, I consider very versatile, and he really frees up that offense. And he's contributing a lot more now than I thought he would. Um, I, I thought we'd see these kind of numbers maybe in his second year. But OKC is really they've decided to kind of set him loose and let him get his reps. And it's I think they're going to be a lot better for it. And shout out OKC for going on a gamble and, and Sam Pressy for selecting a player like that. When you yep. franchise is in limbo and you have a million draft picks, you can you can you know, you can shoot for the fences. And that's what they did. And it's looking like it's paying off because of how, um, like you said, how versatile he is as far as rebounding the basketball, running the floor. And uh, he sees the game slower. Uh, even though he's a rookie, yes. you can see his IQ when he's making his movements. He's powerful in the pick and roll, and he uses his size. So uh, if he and develops that three-pointer, he could be really scary. There was also a video of him on Twitter uh, getting some girl's number after the game. Oh, so. I saw that. <laughs> so he's, oh, he's they're got coming for him. Just like everybody else. Yep. <laughs> he's enjoying America. He's yeah, enjoying exactly. America. <laughs> All right, uh, and my guys, and this is going to be boring, but this is my guy. It's been my guy since day one, and uh, injuries has kept him out. Uh, this is the number one player drafted overall. Cade Cunningham, to me, uh, his, his percentages were putrid that first couple weeks coming off the injury. He's figuring it out. Um, and just in the last seven games, he's had at least six assists in all of them. He's had a triple-double in that span, and just before that, he had 25-8-8. Eight and eight. Um, And what – I see from the eye test that pops out because his numbers aren't screaming like this is, you know, generational superstar. Uh, he's closing out games. It, even like in his second game, he had two buckets in the final minutes against, you know, Scotty Barnes in Toronto against Jalen Green in Houston. Another rookie heads up. He had two buckets in the last minute and 30 seconds that won them the game. 
Uh, he's got it at the end, and he's still as far as like takeover mode. He hasn't tapped into that, but it, defensively too. Defensively, he can. He's so strong. He can really buckle up. It kind of reminds you of you know Paolo Banchero with these college kids. It's like guys just huge. He just NBA made. Um, and I think that they they just have a strong future in that franchise. And then Isaiah Stewart getting into it. The guy that was in his ear the entire time trying to calm him down, being a leader throughout that whole sequence was Kate Cunningham. So I love Kate Cunningham. I'm going to stick works. with him. What's that? It didn't work, but he was trying his, <laughs> his best move. He was put, his nose was in it. Uh, he didn't back true, away true. from the confrontation. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you try to calm down Isaiah Stewart. Jeez. I wouldn't. He's a, he's a manimal. <laughs> yeah. He's a manimal. Yeah. All right. Did you know he used to box? Oh uh, that doesn't surprise me. That's a, big, that's a big old dude to be boxing. I don't want to go in the ring with him. Although I would love to see him and Precious at George duke it out a little bit. Him, him and OG Kenneth Fareed, man. My, those might be the scariest dudes ever. Is he? Uh, is Kenneth Fareed still in the G League? I don't think so. Let's let's, let's man, check this Kenneth Fareed. That, that's that's a uh, man. I remember the, he was uh, the manimal. Loved Kenneth. Speaking of, he was the manimal. That was his. I, name. I got the Rockets, I got called. Like, I got called the casual. I got called the casual on Twitter recently. But if you reference Kenneth Fareed, that's far from a casual move. <laughs> he's, playing, he's playing in Moscow right now. Eric. He's playing yeah, in Moscow. Probably. And, and I like to sneak one in at the end, and this is Franz Wagner playing very efficient basketball, and he's dunked on like three people. Uh, he's shooting like fifty percent. He's getting you a steal. Get out of here! And, and he's he's inconsistent. He's been wonderful. He's inconsistent, and that's he's ex- good. He's good. No, he's yeah. consistent. Gives you double digits every single night. No, he he's who the wiz- He's who the Warriors should have drafted because he would have been perfect in that system. And no, I think that no, they no. are tripping for getting Kuminga over Franz. They are tripping. So. Moving okay, on. we're gonna wait. Hold on, we're gonna clip that pretty soon because when you we're gonna see in five years, okay. Minga or Fra, a, 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 I don't even know how to say his fucking Franz he's, Wagner. He's first okay, team all rookie right now. Oh, okay. No, well, he's not. Great. He's first team all rookie right now. Listen, listen so to these two stat lines. He so his last two games, he's done well. He's had 15, 5, and 4, and 16, 7, and 4. But the two games before that, he had zero points, four boards, and an assist. Three points, two assists, and zero rebounds. Like he's he's an inconsistent player right now, which is is fine. He's a rookie, but I don't know that he's gonna be, you know, some generational player. I thought he was. He's definitely be, not a generational player, but he's I, he, he, he was my he was my sleeper in the NBA uh, forward fantasy thing. But I will tell you, he jacks sometimes. Like he takes awful shots. He'll be like twenty seconds in the yes. shot clock, dribbles up, shoots a three pointer from three feet beyond the line. I'm like, bro. You're not at that level yet. Yeah, his last two games, he had 15, 16, had five rebounds, seven assists for it. I mean, he's contributing all around. But um, I digress. Uh, he's going to be on either the first you or these, second you team. You these great white hope players, man. Hey, well, he, he's a little brother, too. I was, I'm a little brother. I, I root for those. Doc, Doc can understand. Um Shout out all the little brothers around the league like LaMelo Oh, wow. Ball. It's looking nasty. It's looking nasty in Ann Arbor right now. Oh, it's a beautiful day out here in Cockeysville, Maryland. Uh, <laughs> how's it looking over there for you, Kev? You back home yet? I am. It is nice. Uh, 55 degrees out here, so I'm oh, kind of freezing. Shit. Wow, that's jacket weather for Cali, huh? It is him. He's got the hood on. It's cold. It's cold. Goodness <laughs> gracious. All right. So some young guys to talk about some old guys. Uh, coaches that you appreciate most and you're super thankful for Right now, we're gonna start with Brad because I think he's on the top of the list for three, like three of us. 
Yeah, yeah. I uh, I kind of spoke about it earlier. You know, the Wizards were my pick for most thankful, and you know that that would make Wes Unseld the head coach I'm most thankful for. Um, it's pretty phenomenal how what he's come in and done. Um, like I said, I wasn't expecting much from this team at all. I wasn't even expecting them to be competitive. I thought we might even deal Brad Beal this year, but they're competitive enough that. You know, I haven't heard a peep from Bad Beal. It seems like he wants to stay. He wants to get that Supermax. And if they're going to be competitive, why not? So um, I think one of the most surprising things about this Wizards team is that they're eighth in the league right now in defense. That's that's not something I expected. So um, we talked about how, you know, the offense has changed from just, you know, give the ball to Brad and everybody stand around and watch him do his thing. They're moving without the ball now. They're passing well. Um, they're playing faster. It's all these little things that make you a competitive team and fun to watch. And on top of that, they're they're a top ten defense in the league. So um, and they're playing think, faster in the half court um, yes, with their sets yes. because they led the league in pace. But it was just a lot of sporadic Russell going up the, the court and yeah. who knows what's going to happen to. There's so much movement off the ball. Everyone's getting involved. There's an unselfish nature as far as it's concerned, and there's different players finishing and, every game. And there, I you know I don't know if I can give unsell the credit for this but they're developing their young guys like denny avija has taken a jump this year he's i, I think you can credit him i think you can well, credit i mean him. he just got here so i don't know that we can give but yeah you know you, but you even, might be right even you like right. what you're talking about the, the young guy in particular that i'm thinking about is is denny avija who last year he made a defensive mistake scotty brooks is pulling him off the court right away that's, that's what this i was year, talking about he's second in in defensive rating which is yeah. crazy to think he's, about because he he was so slew footed last week you didn't know he's what got you're gonna confidence. get confidence He's playing he with confidence, which is not Winning what he was basketball. playing with yesterday or last year. So between that and, you know, Corey Kisper is getting sparse minutes here and there. I like how he's using Trez. I like how he's using Gafford. Um, it'll be yeah. interesting to see Thomas Bryant get back into the mix. Maybe I, I just I'm really impressed with the job that that whole staff has done. So it is I'm interesting. Definitely unsold. Dude, that is something to watch and something that's interesting as far as Thomas Bryant's role and as well as uh, Rui Hachimura, who we haven't seen as well. And it, it seems yeah. like they have it figured out as far as their rotations are concerned between, you know, Big Gafford and Trez and then their forward combinations. They s- seem like they have that figured out. So we'll see how that um, adjustment is. And that's going to be a big test on West Unsell Jr. Um, Doc, is there anything else um, that stands out about um, Unsell that has been particularly impressive? Well, I think the defense and last year the Wizards were allowing 118 points per game, which was Yikes. last in the NBA. And they basically had to outscore their opponents. It's like, all right, we're going to allow 124, but we got to score 125. And I don't think that's a good way to play unless you're the Warriors. This year they're allowing oh, 104.7 points per game. And I think they just kind of needed a new voice. Like I, I was a big Scotty Brooks fan when he got hired, but he didn't really have good rotations. He didn't have good in-game adjustments. And I think he's a coach that probably got the reputation he did and the notoriety based on the talent that he was coaching. And uh, I think when you have a kind of the, a Wizards team where they're, you don't know if you're going to rebuild, or you're going to go all in. Um, that wasn't the best fit. And I, I think the players really respect Wes Unseld. And if you want, mm-hmm. if you like your coach and want to play for him and Kevin, I'm not even trying to t- take a shot at you with this, but we saw it with Luke Walton, like he lost the locker room. Like, people weren't playing hard for him. It, it was questionable who he was playing, when. So, I think if you can have the players behind you, that's going to make you that much of a, of a better coach. And that, that piggybacks right into our next uh, opinion. Kev, what are you most thankful for as far as coaching is concerned in the NBA? 
I'm thankful that Luke Walton got fired. That's what I'm thankful <laughs> about because he is terrible. And it, it was it was just time. So when you looked at what he's done over the last couple of years, he's 68 and 93. He lost the locker room like Doc talks about. He's a guy, he's completely correct there. And it, also, they were one of the worst defensive teams the last few years. You know, last season, I think they ranked 26. Uh, and then they have their 26th in defensive rebounding, 29th in points in the paint. And it's not like they don't have talent because they got guys. And then you also saw the one thing you saw was Darren Fox. He took a step back this year. And I think one of yeah. the areas of concern was, hey, was it Luke? Was it, you know, what's going on with that offense there? And, you know, I, I it was time for him to go because he is not a player's coach. And in my opinion, coaching is pretty overrated as far as especially NBA. Like you, you, you see these guys get kind of moved around because really it's the talent. It's, it's the little things, it's the intangible things that matter more. And Walt never had that intangible thing. Like, he, he, he didn't have that motivation intangible. He didn't have that stuff that he could lead men. He never really had that, in my opinion. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I like Galvin Jerry. You know, he's an okay coach. I, we got to get someone in there, obviously. You know, we haven't made the playoffs since 2006. Uh, and we've had 10 head coaches since then. So that's a, that's a tough, uh, tough sledding. I think that the Kings are the most – Probably the worst franchise in sports. Um, or the, the Lions. Lions. The Lions are take the cake, but they are in the conversation. Kings are pretty bad too. Kings are up there. It, NBA it, though, they're the worst thing franchise in the NBA, right? Uh, maybe I I can't think of a Minnesota, worse. Mag, Magic are bad. Minnesota's up there. I think it was interesting. Like I Luke so. Walton went on that winning streak uh, a couple of years ago when Steve Kerr had to miss the beginning yeah. of the season after getting the back epidurals. Uh-huh. And they started out the year like on a 13 game winning streak or something. Like, I think he has, went like 33 and 0 or something like that. He did. Yeah. Like, is it, is it crazy that like that little coaching period where he was had a talented team bought him this much time in the NBA as a head it's, coach? Well, the ties, uh, the GM, they got him from Golden State. So there was there was ties in there, and they thought he he, he could couldn't even win with LeBron. Kevin is is Vivek still running the team? <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't run the team anymore. Okay, he was awful. Divac, thank you. Oh. I was oh. there. I knew that. Yeah, I was. I saw that firsthand. Especially when he traded a first for uh, our boy from the Sixers. I forget his name. The white, great white hope coach Lewis probably remembers him. Stauskas. Spencer Hawes. Oh, Nick Stauskas oh, no, from right. Michigan. Oh, Stauskas, yeah. left that was a yeah. terrible, terrible. I did oh, Willie, Willie Cauley-Stein was a bad pick. Thomas Robinson. Oh, man. Thomas Robinson was like third pick. overall, wasn't he? I, I, I love the Thomas Robinson pick because I, I liked him as a player, but I was like, yeah, this – this yeah. You, don't, you don't just go from sucking or being okay your first three years in college to averaging like 14 and 8 and expecting like – this next leap. He was so that's good. Enough, that's enough Kings talk. Player. Yeah, that's way too much. For this <laughs> we don't want to lose the audience. Yeah, um, you got to move on now. So I did mention um, the the coach, Eric Spolcher, that is a fifth in the league with the wins right now. But um, I'd be remiss if we didn't drop this name on the way out because I think he might be on his way out. He's 20 wins away from being the most winningest head coach of all time. That's Greg Popovich. A man who just won gold in the Olympics, and I was questioning his tactics coming in, especially losing to dropping to an exhibition and losing against France. And like, has he completely lost his touch? I think this is one of his last hurrahs. I don't know if he's a guy that wants the tour on the way out, but I just have this sneaky feeling that this might be it. Um, and if he doesn't get to number one all time, you might see him come back next year just to grab that because you would hate to be two wins away 
from the, the you know the wingest uh coach of all time but any any greg pop love as we move on uh the Wizards haven't won in San Antonio since 1999. It's the longest losing streak of a team at playing at one team currently in the NBA. And they play there Monday. So I'd really be grateful for Greg Popovich if he allowed us to get a win. Yeah, win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like literally like watching it year after year. I circle it on my calendar. Like we never, we never won there in the Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan era. Didn't beat him at all with Kawhi. Just like. As a fan, let me just see one victory in San Antonio. I don't, I don't ask for much. That's crazy. All right, uh, so we'll move on. Um, yeah, I remember you throwing that stat out last year, and I was just like, I can't believe they, that. They did a graphic about the last time the Wizards won in San Antonio. Is like, oh, Bill Clinton was president. Gas was like a dollar eleven <laughs> per gallon. Like all these crazy stats. We're like, wow, that, that much has changed. Sodas were a quarter. So we want to give shout outs to some announcers and analysts, uh, people that help us out, uh, people that we, you know, have some trust into as far as their opinion is concerned. And there's reasons why they are called professionals. Um, Doc, I want you to go with the new guy who's killing Stephen A every day. I was going to say, I mean, I so I saw this tweet out there. Has anyone done 180 more in terms of not being likable, you know, when he was at Duke, <laughs> to being, like, super likable? Come on. <laughs> and it says, it says Kevin as he's wearing his Duke sweatshirt. But J.J. Redick, I mean, if you've listened to his podcast, The Old Man in the Three, I think he does it the great job kind of speaking from that former player perspective. And he, he's a recently retired player as well. And then, as you mentioned, like, going up mano to mano with Stephen A. Smith, him saying – well, you don't know. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know as an analyst. I know as a player and kind of shutting Stephen A up. And he knows what he's talking about. Like, I, and he's not afraid. I don't like, to, I don't like what he's doing. He's, he, well, he's missing the point. Here's, well, here's the thing. Hmm. He's not afraid to like to take shots when it's like. So he's saying it about Zion, like, look, he's got to get in shape. It's not a secret. He's over 300 pounds. He has a bad diet. Like, that's the things we want to hear as fans, as a former teammate saying like, OK, it's it's not just us that are crazy. Like we know this in the in the team as well. The only thing the only thing I don't like about what JJ is doing is that like first take is a an entertainment debate show. Like some of the stuff that Stephen A does is entirely for debate purposes. Like it's not that you know he agrees with everything he's saying. He's trying to be entertaining. So I I feel like JJ Reddick comes a little too hard. Comes it comes a little too hot into that debate show and like attacking, you know, Stephen A's intelligence and like whether or not he should be respected and stuff like that. So I, that, that's, that's an like, interesting take. Cause like one of the things he didn't do with um, like, he got rid of Max Kellerman because Max Kellerman was trying to do nuance and he was trying to be right all the time. Yeah. But Skip and Stephen A, like they were just trying to debate. They were trying to have fireworks. They were just trying to, you know, be entertaining. Like it's not, it's not necessarily them trying to be right all the time. So like, you know, like Skip would always come at LeBron. Like he didn't need to do that. He didn't really. He probably doesn't even really care about LeBron like that. But he knows it's something that gets people watching, and it's something that gets people talking. So he does it. But as a former player, like JJ is, don't you think he's like? There's a certain point where he's been he's fed Absolutely. up hearing his nonsense for the last 100%. twenty years. So he's he has all this build up like crap that he's been given the Clippers and anywhere yes. that JJ has his whole career. So he's got ammo. But you I know, he's thought, just waiting. But I would have thought that like he would have been in on the, you know, sort of how everything works. Like I would have thought he would like play along a little more instead of, you know, let that 
let all that, you know, uh, anger from just having to sit back and listen to people talk shit about you for your I whole I feel like career. he tried that the first couple appearances and he was kind yeah. of falling back a little bit, but then he was like, nah, I'm yeah, I'm going all the way in. I'm doing all this homework. He's getting, he's getting rewarded it. for it too, because like he's you know, he's always trending on Twitter after yeah. a, a, a performance. So yeah, yeah, for somebody in the limelight to somebody maybe not as well known, uh, Brad, who's somebody that you're looking at and you want to send some flowers to? Yeah, man. I so there's this YouTube channel called Hoop Vision 68. Um, it's a group of guys, or maybe one guy, I'm not even sure. They really dive into the X's and O's of you know the NBA, the NCAA, and just you know what's been going on in basketball and they really just break things down for you. Um, I, I sent, I sent something to the group chat um, just recently, which was a team that doesn't dribble. Like they essentially run like a modified Princeton offense to where it's just nothing but cutting and slashing and, and passing. And they're, they're one of the, they actually have statistics of like, who sets the most ball screens and who dribbles most in a possession, like all of that. And this team is a, it's their first or second year in the, the division one. And they're, they're still killing it. Like, so it's, it's really interesting. Um, if you're into, you know, the X's and O's and you're, you're not just looking at box scores and stuff like that, this is really going to teach you a lot. Yes. Yeah, uh, shout out hoop vision. I, I like a uh, hoop intellect on, on YouTube. He does a lot of uh, prospect breakdown, uh, dude's name is Keandre, and he's uh, he's sharp as a whip. Um, I definitely uh, watch his videos too when I'm I'm looking at my my college prospects. And I really respect his his basketball opinion. He's definitely got it that played, and he's on to come up. So shout out Keandre mm-hmm. and, and and hoop intellect since we're you know giving the little guy a little shout out here. Um, Kev, you got any love for anybody out there? No, they, they all suck. <laughs> I, I don't like the announcers. I don't like. Uh, I, I don't even listen to games anymore with like the TV sound on. I the man who the mutes the television while yeah, watching the game. They all suck. They all wow, suck. fifty-five minutes in, and it took us uh, that long to get a boomer take from Kevin. I love it. They all suck. They're not good. I, I don't even know how people watch the Stephen A. Show and all that stuff. Like it, it's just for clicks. It's not fun. Like I don't. I don't know. I think that's hilarious because Kev just spent an hour and 15 minutes uh, thinking and appreciating uh, those uh, fantasy creators on on our you know, on, a, on a, his own Thanksgiving special. Kind of helped me spark the idea of today's pod. But it's so funny. He's giving so many flowers to the little guys, but the big guys that actually have the jobs. It's like, you know, they like, don't deserve it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for me, uh, I think with in light of all the college basketball from last week, Dickie V coming back, he had, you know, he had cancer. He's 81. Just hearing his voice, it made you appreciate and kind of give you memories of everything. And I was watching the Kansas game yesterday and uh, he called the buzzer beater as they lost to Dayton um, on a running left-handed hook from the free, from the elbow. It hit hit every part of the rim. And you got, yeah, you got McCormick underneath almost touching it for a goaltend, but his call on it was, it was everything. Um, so Dickie V, uh, you know, who, who knows how long he'll be with us, but, um, you know, you got to appreciate and give him flowers while he's still here. And yeah, he's a little bit out of touch sometimes, but his, all his phrases, you know, they'll live in infamy. Uh, he's like Stuart Scott and his, he, he has his own creative lingo that, um, as a basketball fan, um, that type of banter is something that gets a rise out of people. And I really just, uh, wanted to give, uh, Dickie V a shout out here. 
All right. Um, moving on. Uh, what's one thing you're thankful Commissioner Silver's done? Um, for me, it's the offensive foul rules. Like, I, I'm so glad that people aren't running, bum rushing into people to get to the free throw line. I don't think that was basketball. I don't think that they should have gotten rewarded for that. I think it took too long. But, hey, they're implementing it. And guess what? James Harden isn't running to three people and going to the free throw line 20 times a game. It's affected some people. But as a basketball player, you have to learn to adjust. And I like those foul rules um, as far as uh, commissioners concerned. Anybody else want to give him a shout out? So one like of the best commissioners moved, in sports. I like that he moved the season up. Like, you know, we were kind of waiting like, all right, end of October, like, all right, Halloween is maybe when it starts. And yeah, you, know, you, you get a little anxious, like, you know, if your football team's out of it or, you know, NFL is only once a week or, you know, two, three days a week. But now that we have NBA start mid-October, it's like it's it's that little bit of gap period. So I, I just like it starting earlier and kind of spacing out the games, less back-to-backs, hopefully less player rest. Um, just I saw that too. His he's he tinkered the schedule. Most teams have like four games in a week, but at a certain point, there were some teams that had five, some teams that had two. So um, definitely shout outs as far as his scheduling is concerned. Moving the season up now, we're in the full season. It's kind of you kind of see how he rushed everything last year, but it's I guess it's it's working out. You're not you're seeing less injuries um, this season. Um, so shout out uh, Commissioner Silver, one of the best in sports. Uh, yesterday was Black Friday, and we're going to talk about some Black Friday deals. Who had the best transaction, either sign, uh, either trade, and offseason that's uh, paying off? Kev? Yeah, I went for something that didn't happen, uh, but not getting rid of Bradley Beal. I think uh, I know some people have talked about, like, maybe moving him and rebuilding and through that. But what we've seen, is, yeah, uh, Doc is one of those guys. But, I mean, I think it was a valid, like, it's a valid assumption, though. Like, hey, he might not want to be there with the way the team is going. Like, I don't, I don't hate on anybody except for Doc about it. Uh, like, that's a legit, that was a legit option there. But I think them not moving him, rebuilding around him, doing those type of things, uh, it's good for Wizards fans who need it. They need some love out there, and I, I think it's great. I think, I think that was the move of the offseason. Sometimes, I think we get in, enamored by the moves when it's reality. It could just be, hey, the guy you stay with them and you work and you build around and you do those things, yeah. especially in the NBA. We know the NBA is very move friendly, but th- this one was a good one for them. And the Spencer Dinwiddie sign might be the one of the best sneaky great signs a for a good team. value. It's a guy that tore his ACL and now fits perfectly with the Brad Beal. He can play off the ball. He can play on the ball. And we saw Tommy Shepard getting the extension. It's good to see that as Wizards fan to see your general manager making some good decisions, not only with the coaching hire, but turning an untradeable contract in John Wall, flipping it for Westbrook, then getting three guys that are contributing to winning, um, cleaning up the books a little bit. So, you know, shout out to the Wizards who are, you know, are one and two as far as offseason moves are concerned. I'm let uh, Brad take the lead on, probably the team that made the biggest jump in offseason. Yeah, for me, that's uh, Chicago. And I thought, you know, what they did in getting Mario DeRozan really changed their whole outlook. Um, It did a lot of things and, you know, making Zach Levine have better shot selection. He gets better defensive matchups because DeRozan's a guy that can get you 20 in his sleep. And um, he's he's done, you know, a great job himself at getting better. You know, he's, he's shooting the three ball better. Um, he's playing good, great defense as always. Um, between him, uh, Levine, Vucevic, they have a very formidable team. Um, they got a, a Kobe White coming off the bench. Like they have a very interesting team. I don't know if they're gonna 
you know, come out of the East, but you can't overlook them anymore. So it's it's pretty interesting to see how they've turned their entire outlook around just by making, you know, two moves in, in Vooch and uh, DeRozan. Hey, and they're second in the Eastern Conference right now, currently, yep. and nobody really pegged that. You would think maybe bottom of the Eastern Conference with the new – you just wanted to see it. A lot of people didn't like the whole Levine and DeRozan fit. DeRozan's had a resurgence, so uh, shout out him. Um, Doc, the Bulls were your team as well. Did you see anything else that they've done in the offseason that makes them uh, the Black Friday deal special? Well, I think they got a bunch of players at a discount. You know, the De- yeah. the DeRozan, you know, the Spurs are going through a rebuild. Lonzo, it's like he kind of didn't really have a home like Lakers giving up on him. Pelicans, as we have saw, have a bunch of contracts committed to other people. And, you know, they've kind of been wavering that, you know, 500-ish range, a little bit below. They trade for Vucevic last season. They say, look, like, we're going to su- surround Levine with some talent. I actually think the best move was getting rid of Russ, and it's kind of a two-part thing because obviously the Wizards have John Wall on his 40-ish mil mm-hmm. year contract, so they give that in the first, and they flip it for Russ, who mm-hmm. you know, at this point is, is probably a better player in his career. And then they're able to move that contract and flip it for KCP, who has 27 mil left between this year and next year, Kuzma, who has three-year 39, which is very, very fair, and Montrez Harrell on the last year of his – contract which you could use as a trade piece so not only are you trading one player for depth but you're getting out of that bad contract as well so um he didn't have an easy job but i think you know as as appealing as russ is as a superstar and he does great for the community and he's fun to watch and he's box office they improved their team a lot getting rid of him and i think the lakers were probably the only team that would have taken on that contract and you think of what Houston has done. They just had Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And what do they have in return for that? They don't really have much as far as, you know, you're giving up to talking about Houston. All- yeah. I'm talking about Houston. They did not get it not enough to, for that, James Harden. And for Houston, they have John Wall, who's not even playing. That's what they that got take. for. Well, that's who they, they got. And the Wizards Green, are in the playoffs Shingun, and they're they third KPJ. in the playoffs. They, they didn't Chris get all Wood. that from that trade. They also neglected uh, a Jared Allen. They were like, nah, we don't even want that part of the piece. We're going to send they him have to Chris Cleveland for a first-round pick. Allen. Houston messed this whole this whole thing yeah, up. I think the biggest thing with Houston was I, I they didn't trade it. Harden soon. Like, when Harden – like, it's more of a players league now where players are like, yeah, I don't want to play. Like, the ultimate leverage you have is to withhold your services or to come out public and say, like, yeah, I don't want to do it. And when Harden is out partying – or when he's like, yeah, I don't really want to be with the team. It's like, okay, I know I have to move him at some point. So you're going to get less offers. I think when Russ wanted out, they should have just tried to get rid of Harden right then and there. I know it probably wasn't the popular thing, but you got to trade someone too early to get more value rather Houston, than too late. Houston's loaded with talent. Like it's it's not Houston's fault that, you know, for whatever reason, they're not playing John Wall. Like KPJ, is, he's playing incredible. Jalen Green is going to be a superstar. They have Chris Wood. Shangun is playing incredible. Like this team is loaded with talent, young talent. Um, and they, they, they should get better. rid of Chris. They should get rid of Chris Wood though. Just go full rebuild, full young talent. He's twenty six, got two years. I don't left. hate that. He's having a bad year, and he's showing he's not having it. an awful year. Huh? He's not having a bad year. Yeah, he I don't is, know. He is according to his standard and. He's he what plays a little standard? soft. He just came on to the, he just came onto the scene like last year. Yeah, he's, he's average last year. He's not a leader. He's the veteran on that team. That team has won one game. 
He's a veteran he, at 26. He's getting, he's getting, well, of course he's the he's veteran. Getting the, a little bit. He's 26. He's, he's going out there pouting. He's talking about he's not getting, like, I guess, the necessary 16, shots. He, they're he's, bad. He, he's underpaid on a bad team and expected to be the veteran at 26 when John Wall and yeah, Eric Gordon, the only people that are It's how you handle yourself. Court. He's not handling that veteran. He's supposed to be the best player on that team. And, he is. And he's following the lead of the, of the little guys. Like the, like two nights ago, he had four points um, on okay, six shots. Last night, last night, he had this 16, is my, 10 this is six. this is my. He's given up. Yeah, but he, last year he averaged twenty one. This year he's averaging fifteen. You're not telling me he's he hasn't dropped off a little bit. He's he's it's the same amount of burn he's getting. Last year he was shooting fifty one percent. He's shooting forty four percent this year. You know, last year last year he had last year he had a point guard that was feeding him the ball. This year it's KPJ. Who's I was going to say I, I think he was giving the ball to the other him. team more than to his own, and they're not getting in the rock. And he just had 14, 9, and 6 yesterday. Like the, That's not great. You're not, you're not, a guy being, that you're was, not being fair. The guy that was a fringe all-star last year before he got injured, and a lot of people had them on the ballot, to a guy that is kind of a middler in, in comparison. And 15 and a half and 11 ain't a middler. You're uh, expecting you're, a jump you're up. You're talking crazy right now. 15 and 11 is a middler? Compared to what you just did last season. This is the benchmark. I ever. Right, oh wait, I'm, I'm gonna look up his stats from last season. I want, I want Kevin's opinion on this. Kevin's just smiling in the back. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm in between both all you guys. So I don't really have a huge <laughs> opinion on this one. I, it is what it is to me. I, I understand the coach's point, but that's not. A, he's not a middler. I mean, that's he not, he, he averaged uh, 21 and nine last year, so the scoring down a little bit. He shot 51. percent So that, like down that six that's, points. That's, that's, he did a reverse hard. of what yeah, but Tyler he doesn't Hero have the point guard, did. If dude. Tyler Hero went from 21 to 15, we would all be losing our shit. This yeah, is who? what actually happened to Christian I would not Wood. be. I was telling I was telling you Tyler Hero is going to be just fine last he's year. Averaging he's averaging more rebounds, more assists. He's shooting a little bit worse from the field. He's actually that's, taking less shots, though. He's, he's averaging 2.4 assists. More assists from 1.7. Like, that's not, even, a center, a, that's not even an indicator. What yeah, are why here? are we even looking at assists for a center? Like he's he's doing just fine. You, you 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 look at assist for Jokic. You gotta yeah, get everyone fair. involved if you're center. Yeah, but you're talking about a player that's 26. who's supposed to be entering their prom, and you have a big back step. And I think that the, his maturity in this all he's on Houston. His his on court demeanor suck. He's giving up on his team. I'm just saying, like, my plan wasn't to bash Christian can, Wood. Can we can we think of a team that Christian Wood should go to that would benefit? Yes. I mean, a lot of teams that he any they, other they, team like yeah. like realistically that can fit his contract and has some decent assets for return. Like like what about Boston? OKC. I don't think OKC makes sense trading for him. Like that that's that's Houston two. Why he's only twenty? There. He's only twenty six. They'd have they'd have uh, Shea. They'd have Giddy. They'd have Chris Wood. That's like a nice little core to see. You know how does that develop together? I wonder how he so feels that you guys keep calling him Chris Wood. He would call you casuals. He is. He oh, does call he? people. Casual. He's a Christian Wood. He's not Chris Wood. Uh, all right. I mean, Chris, Chris Wood, Wood is just his, saying like Chris, if Chris anybody Wood that's going to give you that's that's his social media handles. Chris Wood underscore exactly. five. All right. Well, if you I message him, don't say Wood. "Hey, Chris," and then we want to get you on. <laughs> hey, I don't I'll think he's going to want to. He's not going to want to get you I'll on. I'll tell you what. If we have if we have Chris Wood on, you're not invited. I'll tell you that much. You're not. I'll tell you right now. To. I would. Um, I'd like to see Chris Wood at the Mavericks. That's where I would like to see. Ah, that's a good one. 
I like that. But Kate, uh, Kristaps is playing pretty well lately. He's playing okay. He's playing a little bit better. Especially with, oh, he's uh, playing. Luka out. He's playing very well. He's having a very good season. I think that has to do with Jason Kidd, who I want somebody I wanted to give flowers earlier. I think that he's got them playing uh, better all around basketball. Porzingis has played has said glowing things about Luca. One about him in the clutch. It's just unbelievable. Like you weren't hearing him sprinkle praise to Luca last year. I mean, we thought that that relationship was tarnished a bit, but you can see like, like. They are they're bros a little bit. I think that Jake is has to do with that relationship being mended a little bit. I think he should deserve some credit in there, like what fourth, fifth in the Western Conference. Coach, it's looking like I was wrong about um Ohio State spanking Michigan. It's already seven nothing. Uh college basketball, game of runs. But I do got I do no, got no, Michigan. No, football, college football. Oh. Um, who cares about college football? This is this is triple play fantasy basketball. <laughs> I mean, this isn't Kevin Debbie. Debbie takes. All right, Bryce Love looks good though. I give him. I give him my nod. That's my one. That's my one college college football take right there. He does. Bryce Love well, Bryce, is nice. Bryce Young. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, him too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Bryce Love played a long time ago. Coach. All right. So you heard the voice, Kevin. Um, you got anything plug on our way out? Uh, you know, no, just, you know, obviously YouTube channel, you get there, subscribe for us if you haven't already and, uh, and be there. And then also fantasy points, 21 triple 10. If you sign yep. up, you get 50% off. Doc. Uh, just keep on checking out the YouTube channel. Uh, we're putting out a lot of content that doesn't necessarily make the cut for podcasts. Um, you know, we got good NBA shorts, uh, you know, some good debates and we're going to just put a lot of stuff out there. So make sure you're, you're subscribed because that way you're going to get notifications whenever something new comes out. We got about one video a day and shout out to Art who did world championship chess preview. Brad. Yep. YouTube channel where uh, Johnny and I are going to have some movie minutes dropping soon. Um, and I also have uh, NBA content and NFL content on fantraxhq.com if you wanted to check that out. Wonderful. Um, and fellas, feel free to, to chime in. Um, I appreciate all of you. Um, this is like the funnest thing for me is, you know, hang out with my buddies and talk some hoop and get into some arguments. And um, this just shows why I missed you guys. So I appreciate each and one of, uh, of you. And I do want to give shout outs to uh, we've grown um, in the last year and a half. And I wanted to give shout outs to some of our former guests, some of our interviewees that we've had. Uh, Starting with uh, Mr. Chibs, uh, Kenny Anderson. Uh, we spoke about uh, Matt Sullivan that uh, Brad had on, author of Can't Knock the Hustle, um, talking about you know the Brooklyn Nets, but he's got some new work coming on. Maybe we can get him as a returning guest in the future. Uh, Doc held it down with the J.R. Brimmer, uh, Craig Smith interviews, which uh, both awesome, awesome um, talks. Uh, Josh Boone gave us more than enough time and gave us some really great intel, not only about his – Husky days, but his overseas play, Eric Strickland, uh, one of the OGs, uh, came on, blessed us. We had several OGs, uh, Enos Wadley, uh, Maryland basketball assistant coach, Danny Manning, uh, Chick Hernandez needs a shout out, Damian Wilkins, J.R. Giddens, Lynn Elmore, Scott Pollard, Ricky Pierce. I'm laughing as I'm saying these because it's unbelievable that we've had all of these amazing um, interviews. Steve Buckhans, Adrian Dantley. And our guests, our guests need shout-outs as well, uh, including Justin Rowan from uh, the Chase Down Pod, Wizards Insider Ben Mehik, uh, Nick Whalen uh, of Rotowire just came on, was fabulous with uh, the Brad and Doc uh, 
his knowledge is, you know, second to none. Zach Enshu, uh Nick Script, uh, P2W Fantasy, one of our, our favorites here at Triple Play Fantasy. Just a genuine, awesome person who um, <laughs> knows his football. He knows all the sports, honestly. And his jersey game, second to none. Uh, 14-year Wizards team assistant, Northwest head coach uh, Chase Ryder has uh, come back several times now and uh, he and I will be doing a, a Wizards uh, quarter season recap in a little bit uh, DFS guru Jamie Calandro uh, Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson Shay Vassar of Hardcore Honeys Podcast Manny Chagupa of the Back Row Redskin Show Podcast Shannon Walsh of Belly of Sports Metronomy Music Theo Mixed by Tweez Joseph's Guardians of Sports Anthony Brown, Super Mario Hoops, Justin Rooney, who always gives us love. That's at to the hizzy. Um, Windsor Mill head coach Adam Berkowitz. Um, triple plays, fantasy owned. D. Mindy, Eric Mincer, Art Little Cheesecake. Uh, all of the 20 plus members of Triple Play Fantasy. I want to give all of you shout outs. Uh, we noticed that, hey, 80% of you that watch us have not clicked subscribe. We, we subscribe back. We do appreciate we, we appreciate the comments, the likes, whether they're positive, negative, or neutral in between. Um, we will get back to you. So from the whole Triple Play Fantasy team, that's all we have. Have a wonderful holiday weekend, and we'll see you.